0: Basic Niches. I mean, welcome.
1: Here we are. Sure, welcome to. Welcome it, to Basic Niches. It's still Basic Niches.
0: It's me, Tara, and. I thought
1: you were about to say it's me, Tara, and Adam, and I was like, who are you? Uh,
0: no, I'm just me, Tara, and okay, you are I'm, Adam.
1: I'm me, Adam. That is him, Adam and, and
0: who also f- who the fuck is Jeff that Jeff is here and
1: it's me again Jeff
0: is here yay special
1: guest Jeff special
0: guest Jeff secret
1: special guest secret special guest hey, not as secret as last time
0: though. no we, we told everyone about you this time it's section, not right. a secret at all well, everyone for knows for having me
1: back thank you that was the most we'll confusing back. entrance we've ever done <laughs>
0: Is it? Was I it? think maybe. <laughs> I think
1: seasons one and two would disagree. Seasons one and two, we started off by being like, "Oh, uh, you're a potato," but like right. in our <laughs> effort to make like a normal actual intro, that one was a bit chaotic. But that's fine. If you are listening to us this far into the thing, you understand that this is a right. chaotic presence. Yeah, they understand. Yes, I'm always and a the cat's bass. Yep, he's like, oh, I took my break during Patreon exclusive. The best part of the show is when the cat. He's going for your straw. Right for my dreams.
0: Today we're going to be talking about chapter
1: twenty-three, three, Three.
0: Three. Christmas on the closed ward. Yeah. Before we talk about that, I'm going to just real quick talk about winner and loser of. No, you're not. You're going
1: to talk about the Patreon.
0: Before we talk about the chapter, just want to do a quick shout out to our amazing patrons. And they are Ashley, Brian, Brittany, Jeannie, Layla, Marybeth, Megan, Meredith, Nisi, Olivia, and Raph. Thank you for being our lovely patrons. For $3 a month, you can join them and enjoy fun, other random, crazy bullshit that we put out there just for our patrons. This week, we're going to play a game. Yes. We're going to play a fun game.
1: Also, by this point, we do have two other tiers. So you can start at $3, or you can do a yes. $5, $10.
0: That's right. If
1: you want details on that, go to Patreon and read about it.
0: Patreon.com slash Snitches Or Snitches.com. Click on the Patreon link. Because the website is great. And Adam put it together. And your patronage... Patronage is the right word, right? Your patronage is what helps pay for the website. So thanks, guys. Chapter 22, Winner or Loser.
1: I always like to guess. He
0: does. He does like to guess. I'll let you both guess before I give you the answers. Molly Weasley. Winner. For you. Okay, Okay. so
1: for the winner, for me, I can definitely see a case for Molly Weasley. I, oh my god, it could be a lot of people. I'm going to go ahead and say serious, just to be different from Jeff.
0: Okay, (laughs) what about loser?
1: Loser, I think, for you is Elvis Nullador. I agree with him. Yes, yeah, so you guys were both buddies.
0: right on the Alba Stilador loser. But it was not an easy loss. Like, I was like, someone's gotta lose. And yeah. I, I'm just annoyed with him for not doing the thing that I wanted him to do later on. Where I was like, let's figure out how to not
1: have this child be so anxious. That's fair. That's usually why I'm annoyed with you. Because you do the thing that I don't want you to do. Just some light reading. Who wants?
0: So I don't know what it is that I'm, he doesn't want me to do, so I guess I should stop doing things in general.
1: That's a Harry Potter answer right there. Yes. Okay.
0: I just don't know. You have to <laughs> tell me what it is. It Depends on the thing. Are you going to be Dumbledore and not tell me?
1: Damn yeah. it. Are you going to tell looking? Yeah, it.
2: who's the winner? No, you oh.
0: can't know. No, you can't know. No, no. no, all right. The winner is Sirius. Oh, I was right. It could have gone either way. I truly. Oh, no, I did not for a second think of Molly.
1: Really? (laughs) Really.
0: Um, It was Sirius. No, I think Molly is wonderful, but Sirius was the only clear winner. There was kind of a slight pull for Ron just because I think he handled everything very well. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, Ginny was another guest. Ginny.
0: Ginny is even more badass in this chapter, though, but like initially it was Ron and then I was like, no, Sirius, he does lovely things. He was drunk and he had to deal with some shit.
1: <laughs> that I'm, sounds like I my life. I can do that. When I'm drunk, I don't want to deal with nobody.
0: He records the podcast with me drunk, so I'm not really sure how I feel about that statement.
1: That, that is probably true. I can. Re- that's something I can do when I'm drunk. I can deal with you. That's only the one of the what times that I can deal with you. There it is. But can the listeners deal with The listeners love me. Yeah, the listener. Do uh, they the love you drunk? The listeners give no fucking shits about me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's a Terror. terror-corkery
1: podcast. Disagree Some with people me. like Southern, some don't. I like him. This is not the segment where we talk about if we how love much each we other love each other. This is the segment where right. someone wrote I was a thing. waiting for you to start. To... I'll read the yes. thing, but Tara's
2: gonna go first, right
1: I, I just did. Go oh, first okay. about what? I
2: thought You're she talking. had to say a little thing and then I was so oh. someone wrote a thing.
0: I thought you were gonna do that. Okay. <laughs> someone wrote a thing. I, I did it. it. I, I wrote a thing. <laughs> okay,
2: I'll, someone wrote a thing, and it was Tara. It's a summary of chapter 23. What's the name of it?
1: Christmas
2: on the Clothes And I, I will read the thing. Beautiful. All right, chapter 23. It looks like you're reading a story to
1: Bethlehem. Like. I'm reading a story to your lovely child. Pet, it looks like pet you're going to read The Night Before mm-hmm. Christmas. Okay, Kate. Okay. Is that uh, actually what you wrote? Is that your thing? Yes. That would be something
2: else. Chapter 23. Harry is literally driving himself crazy now. He refuses to sleep. He hides from everyone at Grimwald Place. He considers going back to stay with the Dursleys. Eventually, as he is about to just run away, he gets the unsatisfying message from Dumbledore to stay where he is. No explanation. No asking how he's doing. No reassurances just a command to stay like he's a fucking dog. No wonder this kid is so pissed off right now. Later that day, reinforcements in the shape of Hermione are sent in. She apparently spends zero time with her family ever and talks Harry off the ledge before they go back to the bedroom where Ginny and Ron are waiting. Harry is still reluctant to be around people, but Ginny puts him in his place and everyone gets ready to go visit Mr. Weasley again. They don't stay long in his room because Mrs. Weasley yells at him for trying muggle medicine remedies. The trio and Ginny head off in search of a cup of tea and run into Adam's favorite data teacher Lockhart, except since he tried to wipe Harry and Ron's memories in the chamber secrets. His brain's been fucked up, since he is basically just a very large toddler who knows he was famous at one point. His brain always doesn't have been fucked up. It's, <laughs> it's been always famous. been correct.
0: a little. Correct. Okay. It does say Lock Shart, not Lockhart. <laughs> we call him Lock Shart. Okay, I am
2: sorry. Yes, that's okay. it does. You are correct. <laughs> I thought that was a typo. No. shark. Okay. Uh, before they could retreat from their former professor, they noticed two people who were visiting patients on the other end of the ward, an old woman with a crazy hat and Neville, It's revealed that they are visiting Neville's parents, and the last few pages of the chapter are actually just designed to tear our hearts out and rip them to pieces as Ron, Ginny, and Hermione learn about what happened to Alice and Frank Longbottom in a desperate attempt to not leave the chapter in such a sad place. Sharp makes one final appearance, but nobody gives a shit because we've been done with that asshat for three books.
1: You are correct. Except about one thing, and that is that my heart was removed years ago. (laughs)
0: It is so sad. At the end of this chapter, I was like, oh my god. Every time I read it, I'm like, I forget how sad it is. It is
1: actually, now, Tara always likes to point out the sad things, but I will agree, this is really sad. This is one of the saddest parts of the series, though. Agreed. Because of Neville's family. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And as you may know, Tara has a big old boner for Neville Longbottom.
0: I mean, have you seen Matthew Lewis? Can anyone fucking blame me? Thanks.
1: Get out. Uh, we'll hot. save that for the next Jeff, episode. he's one of the first heteros that have been on here. Hetero. I actually don't, don't know how to pronounce it. stry straight, straw str- strit. Strit, What? He calls them non-homosexuals. He that's, doesn't call people hetero. That's right.
0: Before this, I think the only one we had was Ashley.
1: Oh, that's right. Ashley's the other one who is strit.
0: Ashley is a little bendy, I would imagine. A little bendy? Come back at me for that, Ashley. <laughs> I'm not oh. saying that she's not. I just don't go, oh, this bitch straight. Yeah. Well, it's okay, Jeff, no one's
1: perfect. <laughs> yeah. You're allowed to be a heterosexual, just don't be straight. That's just said. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. That is I something I said at one point. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the pieces of merch that we were thinking about doing, but when I was creating a logo for that, it just didn't look good. Yeah. So To
0: be determined. So this chapter is Harry wow. overthinking. <laughs> so much Harry Overthinking. For,
1: for like the
2: first half of it. Really. That's why I can relate to Harry so much, because I overthink
1: everything, Yes. and I could connect with him a lot. He's so in his head. and yeah. It's funny to me, because it's like, every time he gets back to Grimmauld Place, this is where he overthinks. This mm-hmm. is where, earlier in the book, Hermione and Ron were announced as prefects. He really got into this overthinking thing, and he talked himself out of it. Mm -hmm. But at this point, so much has happened since then that now he's in the same room and he's overthinking yet again and arguably worse than he did before. Yeah. And partially, I'm like, is it also the energy of this place?
0: Well, he talked himself down last time. Yes. He got himself through that. This time, he needs multiple people to get him through this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely worse than last time. I wonder if it's the place or really, like, in general, a place that doesn't seem to have the structures that he knows. He has, like, three different places that that he has a certain type of structure he's come to understand. Hogwarts is school, and it's, like, the first place he's felt like he's been at home, and, like, there's something special about Hogwarts. And this year, going to Hogwarts is fucked up. Um, Have you guys seen
2: the place? It looks like a scary fucking...
0: But, like... But Murder that's, house. But that's
2: like, I'd bad. rather be at the
1: Dursleys in the
0: eh, room
1: no. under the steps. At but, least. like... I would like my house to look like Grimmauld Place.
0: But the no, no, no. balance of that versus, like, what a homey feeling for him is the borough. And that's not where they are. Right. And he's at Grimmauld Place with everyone that would be at the borough. So there's, like, this weird thing. And then, like, Sirius is there. And it should feel like home. But it's not a cool place. And it, it's Sirius' home, and yeah. he doesn't think it's a cool place. Yeah, I think that there's like a disconnect there, there's and it's outside stuff. of where yeah. Harry would feel comfortable. It's more now. of a
2: hideout than a home, so it's not. Yeah. Like but it, there's yeah. no comfort. Like Comforting. he didn't.
0: Yes. He yes. got to Hogwarts. Yes. He doesn't get his comfort, and now he like leaves Hogwarts, but he's back at Grimmauld Place and not at the borough. Where he would feel comfort again
1: i agree i totally agree you know as we learned earlier in this book they really did start to like clean up the old place and everything y'all are wizards take some sage to that place honey
0: <laughs> this permanent sticking charm that mrs black put on shit really has fucked everything up
1: why haven't they pried that hoe off the wall that's like number one
0: and she has a permanent sticking charm on
1: her own fucking portrait <laughs> Don't yes. know how that
0: was handled. But. At
1: one point, Sirius was like, whoops, too bad Creature didn't die in the vent. And I actually am like, not I agree. <laughs> that would probably improve things a little
0: bit,
2: too. Can't get anywhere.
1: It's just not a great place. No. And it's and a cool,
2: creepy place. I mean, in that sense, like you said, it is I like, I like comfy. the aesthetics of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But let's be honest. If but I, you
0: don't want a racist portrait on your wall.
2: No. You know, I love haunted houses, and I want to live in one.
1: Adam's <laughs> like, well. It, it depends on who is haunting it. Here's the thing, if my house is haunted at all, the cats are cool with it, number one. And number two, these ghosts are probably scared of me. Now, I don't know if you're going to agree with me, but the the way that Phineas kind of handles him, it's almost like the first one to kind of be like, snap out of it. And as we learned in our Patreon exclusive last week, where we kind of talked through what Phineas was known for. Yeah. It's not in his norm to be warm towards children or anything. He's just like, you young people think that you know everything. Well... You don't snap out of my Peace out. Don't go anywhere. And I kind of appreciated that.
0: I actually do, mostly. It has nothing to do with him. And it's more like the fact that he lives in a portrait now because he's been gone for however long. He actually doesn't understand the stakes, like, as much as Dumbledore Armstrong tells him. So, like... When he's coming for Harry and being like, "You're a fucking coward. You don't know the stakes." However, sometimes that's what you need. You need he's someone you don't him out know. Out of, out of, yeah, yeah. You need someone you don't know very well to be the one that calls you yeah. out, because then Harry doesn't bite back at him. But whenever Hermione or Ron is like, "You need to fucking stop," right? He's like rage monster. Yep. You know, because there's a comfort. And We talked about this early in the book. There's like a level of comfort, like you where they say you hurt the people you love. If you're having a shit day and someone you don't know comes up to you and is like, hey, you know, I like your jacket, you're going to be like, thanks. But if, like, someone you know and love comes up and, because they know and love you, they can tell you're having a shit day, and they're going to be like, hey, it's going to be okay. You're going to be like, fucking shut up. Right? i when the opposite, though, I Tara. I
1: I probably wouldn't do that.
0: But in general, I think that there's, there's a different level of comfort with people you know versus people you don't know.
1: For me, I just don't like strangers anymore. When I have to go out and be among other people, right? the mask thing is quite nice, because I can just, like, bitch face people and get my shit done if I'm having a bad day and somebody can tell and they try to make me feel better I appreciate that a lot more my thought is if I'm out in public and somebody likes whatever I'm wearing I still do want to come up to me and talk to me get out of my circle bitch. I mean
0: if someone walked with you and said I like your sweater like made the point
1: to say that to you wouldn't you say thank you I probably do like thanks bye Even if I were in a bad mood and someone that I know were trying to make me feel better, I think I would be more grateful for that. That's just how I...
0: I I mean, I I think that that's kind of where Harry is emotionally in a place. And obviously, he reacts differently to this this part of the book than he did at the beginning of the book,
1: too. He he is also not in a very mindful place. He is not equipped to be able to... It sounds like I'm calling both of you that not very mindful as well, but if I am then that's what it is harry yes i mean yeah in that moment he is absolutely not being he is so far down the rabbit hole of what he thinks is going on that he is possessed by voldemort and so then obviously hermione is the first person to come
0: the stakes are so much higher
1: yeah the The stakes stakes are are so so high
0: like we don't know what that's like as far as i know none of us have ever been possessed by a dark evil wizard and maybe i'm wrong that's exactly what someone
1: boy. who is possessed by a dark evil wizard would say tara mm. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: but you know what i'm saying like he is it's it's even worse than the beginning of the book which is way worse when, oh yeah when he's like in a crappy place and they're coming at him and he's like fighting back he's just like completely gone off the rails i feel like yes. at this point i can't really blame him like i don't blame him at all this is terrifying and mm. no one is right. going well let's try to like help make this easier.
1: Well, and still his not, friends
0: are like, yeah. He,
1: I, the fact that he's trying to leave is shows that he's not thinking rationally. And then first, you know, Hermione comes in and she, I think, cracks it open. But then Ginny being like, hey bitch, maybe you should have talked to me because I was actually possessed by Voldemort. And that's when Harry's kind of like, oh shit. Right? Like, oh yeah, we forgot. Yeah think he says something like, do you think I'm possessed? And she's like, have you gone about life and forgot what you did for a large period of time? And he's like, no. He's like, well, you ain't possessed. So stop fucking around and come have Christmas. I think
0: that it also just goes to show that the way you say things to people really makes a difference. Yeah. Like Hermione learned from, and it wasn't on her the first time, she did everything right the first time. But now she's like, I'm learning how to approach the the angry bear. This is what I know how to do. So it goes better for her this time than it does in the beginning of the book. Yeah, And like Ginny didn't have that. But Ginny is just, she is so fucking like straightforward. Which is not Hermione. But again, Hermione I think does wonderful work there. But they're, they're different. Like, had Ginny done that to him at the beginning of the book, I think he would have also shut up. Because she was so fucking right yeah. to the point.
1: This is where Ginny is, like, really coming to her own, and I actually feel like Ginny is the one who gives out the most pure Gryffindor energy out of, like, anybody. Everyone. Agreed. And then I will also say like Hermione is very hit or miss because sometimes she hits it out in the park with dealing with this stuff. And then there are also times where she almost seems to completely lack empathy, like it's almost all or nothing. And here is maybe one of the rare instances where it's a little bit in the middle.
0: I really appreciate Hermione at these points. There are times in this book, and I've criticized this in the past, where Hermione is too perfect. And she has all the answers and she's just doing everything right. And she is the victim of boys being stupid boys. And she's over here being perfect and they're still not appreciating her. Like, it's in a very weird place. These are the times of the series where I'm like, yes. Because she approaches it from a flawed standpoint... And she's also very effective in that way. Really appreciate her in this chapter, other than the fact that she never spends time with her family. <laughs> I think that's weird. There have
1: been times when I was younger, too, where, like, especially around Christmas and stuff, she's in a weird spot, too, because she is so enveloped in the wizarding world mm-hmm. that sometimes maybe going back to the muggle world and being normal feels strange when she knows what's going yeah. on. She is, you know, a young teenager now where sometimes it's like, I don't really need to be around my parents I
0: stuff. know. No, I know what you're saying.
1: I also feel like it's just a plot device to be like,
0: hmm Hermione should be there, too. too. And I'm
1: like, That's should she? Like,
0: to. honestly, other than this...
1: There's no reason for... There's her really
0: either. no reason for her yeah until we go back to hogwarts and that's fine we literally see she kind of handles it and then Ginny completely handles it so jenny could have just completely handled it
1: so the only other th- reason why i can see her being here is a little like unveiling of the clue but there were other ways to do this when she's like and basically after this like okay now it's christmas time and harry's like Whew, i feel so much better now uh, hermione's like i got this present for creature and everyone's like why. So she's trying to find him. They go into his little bedroom, which is fucking disgusting. Mm -hmm. They see the picture of Bellatrix Lestrange. Harry recognizes who it is. And then later, with them seeing the long bottoms at Mm St. Mungo's, they're like, oh, you mean that bitch who Creature is holding on to? Yeah. That's such a weird device to have Hermione there for. Yeah, many.
0: it's very strange. I really have felt kind of like, again, Hermione at the Quidditch World Cup. Like, just little things here and there. I was like, I get it because, you know, you want us to be with this character who's fantastic. Like, we want her more Hermione. But at the same time, like, it doesn't really make she, sense she, for she her to there. be yeah. there. But okay.
1: Yeah.
0: But yeah, then we have the magical Jenny being like, well, I was possessed by Voldemort and fucking get over it.
2: Could it be leaving breadcrumbs just to show this is where Harry merged off to have his love with Jenny and not Hermione? You know, I just didn't, you know, people were like, Hermione and Harry so, should be together. It's showing maybe not then. Maybe Jenny did understand him more or... Like- the connection. I mean, it.
1: I think absolutely she uh, did. Yeah, like yeah, just to... We're still, starting to see more and more of that. In previous chapters, there are times where Ginny is there at the same time Cho is, and so there's some foreshadowing yes, there. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I don't know,
2: just to add into that, like, you're right. Like, why was she there? Maybe just to show, like,
0: she have, didn't need to be right? there. We have to also talk about Hermione and her classic If you would just fucking read Hogwarts a History, you would know. (laughs) Oh, yes. Because here's the thing. I disagree with Hermione. Like, I'm sorry. There are obviously other ways to get in and out of Hogwarts. Borky
1: from the last chapter.
0: Like, I I get what you're saying. And she's so logical. Harry, who again is kind of in this space of of trauma, really, wouldn't necessarily be saying, somehow Voldemort transported me so I could do this. Like, he didn't say I
1: was uh, apparated or whatever.
0: Somehow Voldemort is fucking Voldemort. He could do what the fuck he wants, Hermione.
1: In this instance, obviously he did not. But there's a flaw in what Hermione said.
0: I mean, she doesn't know about Horcruxes. Right. All of the dark magic that's potentially out there that we don't learn about because we're not there. Be held, yeah. That's kind of scary to think about. Voldemort maybe could have done that if that were his trajectory. You know, like, if he were using Harry as a weapon, which is one reason why Harry is so anxious. It is the reason why, like... He really believes he's being used as a weapon, and why shouldn't he? Until he needs to have people rip down those walls and be like, come on, let's think about this logically, you know, let's do that. And no, Hermione isn't necessarily
1: 100% right. Christmas. There's a few little fun things. Oh, Christmas. There's gifts and everything. Nothing in particular really, like, popped out. Like, in the past, there, some of the gifts felt like they were a little bit more... Meaningful. Meaningful in a way that it makes sense in the scope of the story. Story driven, Mm -hmm. yeah. Other than Hermione gets them homework planners because earlier, obviously, they weren't getting all their homework done. So (laughs) (laughs) there's that. There is the creature moment, like I had mentioned. The one other big thing that happens here with the Christmas is Percy being a little fucker, as usual. Really? You had to take the effort to send it back? That is harsh, dude. Fuck you. You could have just not even bothered with it. Don't even acknowledge it. But instead you have to acknowledge it and send it back. Yeah, fuck you. But we knew that he was a fucker. Right.
0: I like the president uh, Lupin and Sirius give Harry the oh. book? It's like the Defense Against the Dark Arts book oh, that would yes. be using. That
1: stuff is good. I and think
0: that's really great.
1: Similarly, yeah, that is an example of yeah. it kind of folding into the narrative of Dumbledore's army. And then they're like, okay, it's time to go to the hospital and they have to take a fucking car. So I have a question for you, Tara. Did you have flashbacks to your first love, the Ford Anglia? I didn't. Yeah. No
0: one will ever compare.
1: To the Ford Anglia? Yeah. No, no vehicle. You wouldn't be no. like, I'm going to fuck this no. car. Only Ford, the Ford Anglia, Anglia
0: is the only car for me.
1: I thought you might say that. And I uh, I respect <laughs> you for being so... <laughs> devoted. Devoted. <laughs> to my Ford Anglia, Anglia love. Yes. yes. Yeah. It's very nice. Very romantic. The romance of the ages. Deflowered in that car? What? Uh, She wasn't deflowered in the car. The car deflowered her. Wow. It was a magical car then. It it was a very magical (laughs) experience (laughs) for Tara. I don't trust this car either because... First of all, how did Mundungus get this car, and how did he get a driver's license?
0: Again, Mundungus is kind of trash.
1: This is who we're going to have I actually feel
0: like Mundungus would figure out
1: how to get a driver's license, though.
0: Mundungus and the twins, you know? The
1: three people that I do not want driving. Yeah, correct. So Molly at first is like, "Mm, I don't know about this. I'm like, yes, I agree with you, Molly. But they end up getting there... Somehow they get to the hospital fine. Mundungus is even like, "I'm just gonna go around the corner and wait for y'all." I'm like, "Okay, cool." Mundungus isn't being a complete dipshit for once.
0: I also like Harry's gift to Mr. Weasley. It's just like a screwdriver and some. Wires. Oh yes,
1: I like that too. I was gonna bring that up in the last episode. That happens here, obviously. So yes, obviously they're here to go visit on Christmas. One little tiny detail is that I liked how this area was completely devoid of people except for witches and wizards coming to visit their family at Christmas, Mm -hmm. which is kind of a precursor to being sad and everything, of course. They visit Mr. Weasley, which it's a small little moment.
0: Mama Weasley finds out about stitches Stitches, and they're like, we got to go find some tea. Peace.
1: Mrs. Weasley is angry because they're like, you're using muggle medicine. And he's like, well, they actually do work. Yeah. Like, she's not wrong. My parents use them, probably. Like, I've had stitches in my mouth before mm-hmm. with, like, oral surgery and stuff. They go up to the tea room and this is where... All the paintings are kind of like <clears throat> yelling at them like, oh, it looks like you have a fucking-
0: Oh, they're harassing Ron horribly. Yes.
1: This was an interesting thing for me because I almost expected to have this same reaction to those stitches thing because she's like, it sounds like they're sewing you together. That's stupid. But I'm like, well, I mean, what else do you expect <laughs> from like a muggle perspective? <laughs> but of course we do learn that like whatever this, it's a tie back to the, the wounds aren't healing. But this spattergoit thing, there's some painting that is like, Ron, you got spattergoy. What I wrote down is that it's an interesting comment on the stereotype of healing, first of all. Like when you think of witches in the most like basic way and how it's been painted in like literature, it's like Macbeth, Eye of Newt and all this shit. Number one, all of those things like Eye of Newt and Toe of Frog or whatever are actual terms for herbs and stuff. Other names for them. That's what that all means. It's not actual eye of new so on and so forth but it's an interesting commentary on this because this particular healer portrait is kind of like saying this is all this shit you need and he's rattling off all these weird ingredients so there's that but then also the kind of progression of medicine because this person is still somebody from back in the day when spattergoit may have been some weird thing that is now known as something that's completely normal. Oh, this is the home remedy that you can just get out of your pantry or whatever the case may be. So it was an interesting medicine through the Times commentary to me.
0: So the other thing, and I love that, I forgot about this. And I was like, maybe it's something different. You know that's the excuse that Ron uses as to why he doesn't go back to school the seventh year.
1: Because he got spatter going?
0: They tell everyone that he has a So it's, it's highly contagious. You can't speak. But they, like, don't call back to it in the seventh book that this happens. But they, like, convince the ghoul in the attic of the burrow to play Ron and whatever. So someone comes looking for him. No one can get too close because it's contagious. And I was like, maybe that's not the same thing. I feel like it doesn't sound as bad. I mean, it sounds not great. But, you know, it doesn't sound as bad here in this yeah. chapter. And then I was like, maybe it's a different thing. So that's why I was looking that up. I wanted well, to make That makes
1: sure. sense when he said pockmarks. Because it's yeah. basically like, it's freckles, you fucking old bitch. They made
2: fun of him for yeah. that. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah. The portrait said
1: that to Ron. That makes it even more interesting. Like, yeah. I thought of it as this ancient... Obviously, maybe it's not what I said of, like, oh, now it's just some normal thing that you deal with. But that's it's how they make it sound. Yeah, so, I think yeah. it was more common, and then now it's not as common. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, think... that's true too. Yeah. But also just that whole medicine through the ages thing is what I yeah. thought of.
0: I think that's really cool.
1: But then the fact that they use it as an excuse later makes it even cooler, so. Yeah. That, that's why, like, in the last chapter and we still get a little bit of that here, there was so much new information thrown at us, and it's like, what's going to come up later? Because, like, you wouldn't necessarily think this battery Thing, it was just a funny little thing, and right? Of course, it's used as a plot device later, mm-hmm. so I wanted to definitely mention that. And then, unfortunately, we see Lock and this is what Tara was talking about about this chapter being really sad because we have to see this motherfucker again.
0: That absolutely, obviously, sad. I'm annoyed at this healer who's like, Oh, bless him, he's so sweet. I'm like, This is why I don't like bringing Lockhart into this story here because it's almost like he gets to have one moment in which he's amusing. Like, he's being amusing he's like and, comic relief. And, and everyone is being yeah. like... Which I appreciate for that purpose, but at the same time, this healer who's taking care of him doesn't actually understand that the reason he's this way is because he attacked children and he was actually a piece-of-shit human.
1: That, too, and I don't necessarily think that we need comedic relief. From no, here. and also, <laughs> though,
0: like, people can disagree with me all they want, I would rather Lockhart have recovered I from... Saying. I would rather that fucking asshole Lockshark. And then be
2: locked up in Azkaban for
0: yes. a child? Yes! Yes, I man? would. Like, yeah. I would have rather, if he had had the thing backfire on him and it fucks him over for a couple of weeks and then it comes out that he's actually doing you the not truth. Do wish death
2: upon him? No. Okay, then I you're not, not Slytherin.
0: I do not wish death upon <laughs> him. I don't want I think he should be dealing with the fact that he did this shit. But now he's unaware but of it.
2: his second chance in life is, he lost his memory? No. You now you're a bumbling doofus the rest of your life. and I mean, he was a bumbling doofus. But Okay, right, but yeah. now it's no, not intentional.
0: I think making the choice to show him in this light has the potential for people to forget how terrible he was. Mm-hmm. I think that that's my concern with him. In and this
2: will it always remain a secret because the children didn't tell anyone, so... Everyone's gonna still think he's this legend. You exactly. Know, so like only just, you hate him because only you know the secrets of the Harry Potter world.
0: You literally like attacked children. Or
2: we'll do this spell and fix also, your memory, and there you go in jail. You, or, you
1: attacked children. You prison. almost got them killed. You're also a fucking, fucking liar, liar and a yeah. kind of fake. There's so many things with him and here it paints him as this like comedic character. it does
0: he does he he's I painted say, they
2: he... could have just cut that out like we didn't need to hear the yeah. sympathy no. for him or... no
0: but that's the thing but... is like putting him there now takes away from the fact that he was actually not just a bumbling doofus he was terrible yeah
1: but then of course we're in the ward the some of the other people in this ward too it is like they are in a dementia ward like that is what yeah. this is there is the one person who's just kind of like moaning and stuff and the, the person who's in this ward is so cautious and I don't even know what the right word is. You mean the healer? Yeah, the healer is... I'm not trying to like... Gentle. Gentle in a way that shows how helpless these people are. The gifts that come in and it's like the people don't even know that the gifts are there. And it's so upsetting. And then of course, that's when from the back of the ward, that's when we see Grant and Neville come Mm -hmm. out. And we really realize what's going on here. And I like Harry's reaction. Harry being like, I'm hoping that they don't notice had they not said the name long bottom yeah he right. even says like ron noticed it too harry obviously tries to handle the situation fine it's gran who calls it out which gran is also a victim of what happened to her son and daughter-in-law? Yeah. I don't think it's a bad thing that Gran said this. It's
0: not. Well, they come from different places.
1: It's a Neville secret, but Gran even says that, "Hey, this is a badge of honor. Your parents did this for good." Right. And, and the way that Gran approaches everybody too, and is like, "Oh, you must be for you this know person. I feel like Gran is similar to Grubbly Plank in that earlier on, when we first are introduced to them, she is introduced as kind of like this crazy bitch Almost. Especially in the movies, like, I always think of, like, what Neville's bogger is and how he turns it into Snape in his grandma's clothes. Here, she comes off so wonderful and, like, in such a positive light. Yes, maybe she's a little bit eccentric, but in this world, who isn't? Right. <laughs> I mean,
0: it's in the next book that we find out that Neville's Gran is saying that things like herbology and charms are soft subjects because mm. she wasn't good at charms, And McGonagall flat out says that to Neville because he's not great at transfiguration. Mm -hmm. And she, as his head of house, is also helping guide him into his future, you know. And then he says to McGonagall that his grand says that charms is a soft subject. And she was like, oh no, I'm gonna give her a call. She's fucking great. That's a generational thing. I agree. I think that this is such a cool moment because... She doesn't even really scold him. She reacts to
1: it. Yeah, it's not a scolding, it's a portive almost one comment on that magana was also the one who says that divination is a soft subject so it's a little bit hypocritical Mm. and of course I'm sure we'll talk about more there depending on the perspective that you're looking at the subject from none of these are soft subjects no this is
0: fucking magic shit
1: like just like in school there whatever you are studying there is a practical purpose to it and so none of this is soft subjects
0: I think the saddest it's not the saddest, whatever, I don't know what it is, but when Neville's like, I'm not ashamed. Is that the thing that Harry is thinking he's the only person that heard him say that? Mm-hmm. What purpose would there be to Neville just telling people that his parents were in St. Mungo's because Voldemort's supporters literally tortured them to insanity? Yeah. Like, that's so much more difficult, and like, Harry has this moment where he thinks about it in the fourth book, that's so much more difficult than people just knowing Harry's parents are dead because Voldemort killed them.
1: Yeah. That sounds, about
0: I, about I mean, that sounds terrible, because obviously his parents are dead, Neville's are still alive, but Harry has that. Imagine knowing your parents and then losing them and they're still
1: there and they're not there. Like,
0: this is not a thing that Neville's going to broadcast to the world. So when everyone's like, I didn't
1: know, I didn't know. Why would you know? My only other thing on this chapter is the question, why the bubblegum wrapper? Is there any significance to that?
0: Maybe it's a constant thing that they'll bring them sweets and she'll take them out of the wrapper and eat them and giving him whatever she has she doesn't have anything she's living in
1: a closed ward you know i feel like it's a symbol i don't know why i I mean it it popped off the page to me i
0: really like the idea of exploring that i don't know
1: is there like some sort of significance or something i wonder
0: and then he puts it in his pocket you know she's like I'll put that in the bin and then you see Harry it's
2: like how your grandma and stuff would have candy and I always have it in the pocket I think just that was like a remembrance of his mom and it was so symbolic, like that was her candy. So there's candy. no like, collection
1: or anything that he has, right?
0: I don't think so. Now, Neville was young when this happened, because this happened after Voldemort disappeared, but not long after. Yeah. So Neville was essentially, Harry and Neville were a year, because they're essentially the same exact age. They're one day apart. The Potters were killed on Halloween of that year. So that makes these boys like 14 months old when Harry's parents die, I'm assuming that it happens within the next couple months that Alice and Frank Longbottom are tortured.
1: I think so too. And actually, I remember us talking about this previously, and I was like, well, what's the point of them torturing them at that point? Which I guess shows like the Death Eaters don't understand what happened. Nobody understood what happened when Harry, quote unquote, defeated Voldemort. But yeah, I think it was probably right after. Yeah.
0: That whole thing just makes me... Harry looking over and seeing his grandma being like, throw that away, and he puts it in his pocket. You said, you know, about the significance of that. Maybe that is the significance. He doesn't care what his mom gives him. If it's garbage, he's keeping it. Yeah. You know? Maybe that's what it is. Because she says she's given you enough of those to probably pay for your room. Well,
1: let's break out the sadness and play a game. Sad. And I have the game
0: again because. Yes, because I didn't do
1: shit. She didn't do shit. I wrote the thing. She wrote the thing. That's true. I was going to make up a game, but he did the thing already, so. So, this is technically things that happened in the last chapter, but it's stuff that happens in Save Mungo's. Okay. So, this is, I guess, a new game. I'm just going to call it Magical Malady Matchup. <laughs> So shit, sort of similar to Oh Ship, actually. Oh Ship. I'm not going to give you the people that you have to match these up with. Okay, okay. So I'm going to one by one go through six different magical maladies that people have at the hospital. And I want you to pick a character in the series that you would... Give this melody to him. Oh, this is fun. Can you all of them to these down or just shutting them out as we go? I'm gonna say keep it to one person. I'm gonna tell you all five and then I'm gonna go back and repeat them and that's when you're gonna okay, say, okay. It. okay. I love it. Let's go. All right. The person can't stop dancing. The person has grown an elephant trunk. The person has a hand sticking out of their chest. The person has clanging body parts. The person is like steamy on the inside. So they're like really, really hot, almost like they're a tea kettle and there's like smoke coming out of their holes. And the last one was, oh, um, they sprouted wings and are flying. There were a lot of really fun ones. I could do like, they're a bitch with a stinky leg, but I chose these. (laughs) All right, so going back through them now. Who in the series would you assign the melody that they can't stop dancing?
0: You go first.
2: <laughs> Damn it! Well, because you put her—I was gonna say Dolores—just to see that bitch up there just dancing the whole time and she can't stop. But only just because I was thinking some punishment for her because you made me think of her. Yeah. But I do have other names for other people. But that one just right away, I was like, you know what? It's like a physical punishment after what she did to Harry with the bleeding and then all. like yeah. She was like a torture type, that type of mean punisher, and to make her have that similar like a physical punishment. So, anyways, thinking with Dolores Umbridge oh. for. Uh, you
0: know the what would be funny game. as fuck is if we made Filch not be able to stop dancing
1: <laughs> you know what Okay, I, was I, don't to... have,
0: I don't want to watch it I just want him to just
1: fuck <laughs> him I, I was going to say Ron because of the whole like Yule Ball thing he can't dance well yeah he, he didn't dance. want to dance he wasn't all about it but actually I do like switching it to Filch so I'm going to agree that I'm going to give that one to Filch okay. the next one is they have an elephant trunk
0: Pansy Parkinson <laughs>
1: That's who my person was because of what she did to Hermione with the boils and stuff. Nope. She gave an, oh. an elephant trunk. You gave an elephant trunk, bitch. Wow, good job. That's, like, <laughs> we had a connection there. I
2: thought Draco Malfoy. Don't hate that at all. Same, Same sort of thing. because he Fuck him. always wants oh, yeah. attention. Let him have a big elephant trunk. So ah! You know, there you go. Like, yes.
1: I have a hand sticking out of their chest.
2: Here you go. I was going to say filch.
0: I mean, he could use that hand to help him do some cleaning, Actually, man.
2: Handyman. Because
0: <laughs> <That was true. laughs> listen, we don't like Filch, but we also are still questioning the choice of the non-magical person. Yeah. <laughs> it. yeah.
1: <laughs> it's not a horrible punishment. I would give it to him. The one that came to mind for me, Lockhart, for this. Mm, yeah. I don't know why, but that's that's who I'm so going. So he can with. masturbate. Mm-hmm. That hand <laughs> can't reach it's his dick. A <laughs> dick. It's, just a oh, hand. Okay. it's
2: just a hand. It's, it's not, a hand. not an arm. There. It's just yeah. a hand. Okay. Yeah,
0: I'm gonna give that extra hand to because we haven't met Slughorn yet. I'm gonna give it to Snape because he could maybe make potions faster.
1: Huh? Oh. Sure, and yeah. he's another one who could who could deal with one of these uh, clinging body parts. That's one I'm giving downbridge. I want to know when that bitch is coming by. Also,
0: I hope they're painful clanging body parts. They are. I say yeah.
1: so. Uh, similarly, I'm giving it to Fudge. Fuck that guy. Oh. I feel like this is a pretty bad one, but I'm just going to say right now, the steaming that you're steaming inside, mm. that one's going downbridge for me. I feel mm. like that's the most painful. But what about you for clanging body parts? Dudley. Ooh, that's a good Deadly. one. Dudley. That's, that's a good one, too, actually. What about the steaming? steaming oh, yeah, that ones? one. Voldemort, I guess.
0: Mm. I would say McNair, who is the Death Eater who comes to heal Buckbeak. Yeah. Because I feel uh, like it's like slow and painful from the inside and this dude likes killing. And I just feel like he should be that's in pain too. all yeah. the time. And then I
1: agree, this is probably the easiest one to give someone and that is that you have wings and you're like hovering over the floor. Instantly I thought of Luna oh, as, a, like a, as a tree,
2: as like she earned her wings. That's a very. Luna-ish I don't know. I thing. thought of it. I in think
0: a that's a very way, Luna-ish but, thing okay. too. I, I would say that's a really good answer for that.
1: I do. I agree because I couldn't didn't think of somebody immediately.
0: In like a kind of contrasting way, I think that would be a, a cool thing to happen to Hagrid because he's yeah. such a big dude. I'm just gonna assume that these wings are strong enough for him to float too.
1: I assume and not and
0: miniature wings, right? <laughs> like they would be big enough or strong enough for him, right? Because he is not allowed to do magic. Uh-huh. I still believe that after series ends that McGonagall's like, yes, you can do magic again, but that's my thought. Maybe the ground probably shakes when he's walking because he's a big dude, because he's a giant. And so this, mm. and now can this can is a little bit more stealthy? He can be a little more stealthy. He can sneak up on that you know, oh next and they can my... have a nice uh, tryst in the forest. We gotta add that in. Okay, you know
1: what? I was going to say, I like both of your every answers. Every game has fucking at the head. Uh, all of them. Originally, I was like, I like both of those answers so much that I'm just going to agree with both of those. But <laughs> to your point, I'm actually going to have my wings to Madame Maxine so then they can feel, oh, they can yes. float and fucking oh. scene together oh, that's good times shall we talk about the movie?
0: <laughs> no because the movie doesn't exist yeah
1: here's what I have to say about the movie
0: I I am so disappointed to not have St. Mungo's in the movie. We said this in the last episode too. The world building is great, which is obviously like that was one of Adam's parts of these chapters. Because we were talking before we started recording about like Harry Potter world and all of that. Like imagine the type of world building that Warner Brothers was given as a treat that they could have built. It's the same bitch I have about the fourth movie where they don't give us any of the cool shit that happens in the maze other than mm-hmm. people turning upside down. There's no sphinx, there's no giant spider, there's no, like, any of that. They have been given all of this great stuff, this visual art that is not happening. Being able to see people, say, mungos, some bitch breathing fire or whatever the fuck happens, someone with wings and but
2: someone growing an a extra thing. for people to do right. like that they, the they wore the thing. green and just, robes and they worked at St. Mungo's it would and they just be yeah like
0: homalities. also like giving actors jobs although apparently there's only like 40 <laughs> British actors okay. I watched some interview with Martin Freeman who's my favorite British actor and he was like Olivia Colman and I were not doing Harry Potter and everyone else is in it it was That's just funny, funny. Yeah. yeah, smaller community I guess of actors but I just wanted it
1: also I think it's important because we do get a much needed break from the Pink half look. so correct especially in the movie like, so uh, correct uh, Act. really need it. So this chapter and the last chapter are the first times where I'm like, no movie. Bad.
0: I'm very let down by that. I don't need Lockhart. I don't need that shit. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: same. No. I who agree. do you hate more? I mean, dress? Umbridge is always... Umbridge important. or Lockhart? Oh, oh yeah, Umbridge. Okay. Yeah. But Lockhart sucks too.
0: But if we're talking about the actors who play the roles...
1: Oh, if we talk, talking about Mel De Staunton I, know, actress. Actress. I far prefer Mel Kevin Staunton. Kenneth yeah, kind of Yeah, he, he's an meh. asshole.
0: I mean, I'll still watch things he does. He's a hell of an actor. I mean, Murder but on the Orient Express,
1: do you know how I feel about that? The new one is garbage. And actually, Death of the Nile is coming out, and it better be good. It's on my birthday. Because Miss Bowers, I'd probably have said this on the podcast anymore, in the original, it's played by Maggie Smith, and in this, it's played by John French, the fat lady.
0: Fuck yeah! And my last
1: name is Bowers, and so said a... I am now related to that. Okay. okay, I was wondering.
0: I think he's a great actor. The Hamlet that he does is wonderful, but... He did. Paula well, is a fucking
1: queen. Yes. So. I'm giving 30 points to Neville, Alice, and Frank. Mm. Obviously, there's a lot of new things that we learn here. I mean, we knew about them, but, you know. Yeah, it, to it, see it them or read about them is... As... Then I'm giving two plus 20 to Jenny because she really is the person who kind of stepped up and got Harry out of his funk. But Hermione also helps, so plus 15 to Hermione. Plus 10 to Gran. And I'm also giving 10 to Phineas. <laughs> he came in, he kind of was like, get your head out of the sand, little boy. Something about Phineas in these last couple chapters, I was like, I kind of like him. Negative points. <sighs> okay. This is, might seem a little controversial. Negative 10 to Percy and Mako, which is not controversial. <laughs> Correct. And negative 15 to Harry because you could say, how can you blame him? But his overthinking gets real bad. This is the precursor to Occlumency and having him like take a little bit of control over all of this. But, I mean, it gets really dire for him. So, I was like, honey, you gotta fix that. I'm gonna take a few points away. Throughout the course of this book, this is the biggest up and down for Harry. He was at negative, and then he got up to zero, and then he went down. Now he's up, so he's he's nowhere near, like, the bottom anymore. Next time... Jeff will not be here. No, Jeff. No. But thank you for joining us for these episodes. Yes. Thank you for having me, guys. Of course. Welcome to the Basics Niches family. Yes. You're the baby in the family. Thank you. You're welcome. We are going to be covering chapter 24 next time, which is called Occlumency. Occlumency. That one is on my book. You guys have been very excited for this one. It's something that has been alluded to for many, many chapters, I think, and Uh, so you guys keep
2: alluding to it as well. So, like, what do you want to say about it? But excited. Have to wait till next time. uh, In a way, it's it's
0: frustrating stuff. Yeah. This book is such an interesting read because it's so frustrating in so many different angles. You're frustrated with Harry. You're frustrated with Dumbledore. You're frustrated with. All the situations. The stakes are so high. Yeah. You understand why everyone does what they're doing, so you can't be like, this person's the worst. Unless it's Snape, because he's always the worst.
1: So, that's what we'll do next time. Yeah. Spend
0: time with Snape. Can't wait. Cool. At least it's
1: not the pink info. True, 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 true. Yes. And wait, let me just make sure that we don't have a special guest. I don't think we do, but we might want to announce that
0: moving forward. Since we're really bad about announcing special
1: guests.
0: Actually, we will
1: have a special guest. Okay, next time we have a special guest. And it is... Dan Huntsonker. Yes! And then, actually, we're going to have Dan for another episode after that, but we'll tell you about that one next yes. time. Because Victoria will be joining us for that one, so it'll be yes. two specials.
0: We got special guests coming at you yeah, all Yeah, we the got time. special
1: guests coming all out of all the holes. Yikes. Not me. Get back in that hole, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. Goodbye. <laughs>